Over the last few weeks, we've been talking here about upping our wattage, uh, letting our light shine in our community as a church and as individuals. And we're going to continue on that theme uh, today and kind of wrap this series up today. But I want to encourage you to keep upping the wattage. I want to ask you to stand with me and open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Today as we talk about upping the wattage of our heart, the key element in our heart and our life being a bright light is our heart. How healthy is our heart? Is it still filled with the corruption of the world, the corruption of sin and selfishness? Or has the light of Christ in our life transformed our heart. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus uh, uh, tells, uh, tells how the kingdom of God is going to be like, what it is like. And he's talking about when he returns in glory and the time of judgment. Listen to what Jesus says. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Father, today, help us to weigh out our lives. What are our lives going to shine like in all eternity? What are they going to shine like today? When our life on this earth is done, how bright will our light shine? So today, Father, I pray you would speak to us and touch us today. Stir us in you and let our hearts beat in a healthy way for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a moment. Say hello to a few people around you.
Sometimes I think What would people say of me When I'm only just a memory When I'm home where my soul belongs Was I loved But no one else would show up Was I Jesus to the least of us Was my worship more than just a song inside of me saying, yes, God, I want to live like that. I, I want to be proof that you are who you say you are. Do you want to live like that? 
Amen. Listen, that's, that's not a light calling. That's a heavy calling. That's not an easy task. That's a, that's a challenging task. That, that looks at every word that comes out of our mouth that, and, and says, does this give glory to God? That looks at every attitude I have and every reaction I have and, and challenges me to say, does this give proof that Jesus is who he says he is? It, it looks at every value of our life and says, Are my, is my life rightly valued to say to others, Jesus is who he claimed to be and he can change you and his grace is there for you. Wow. That's the call of the Christian. That's the great call. For us to realize this earth isn't the final story. It's the temporary story on the way to an eternal, uh, an eternal life with God. And friends, we're called to live in a way to give glory to Him. The passage of Scripture that we read today in Matthew, it, it's one of these troubling, troubling statements of Scripture, especially for us Protestants. Because this scripture looks at us and begins to tie works to our salvation. We believe we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus, not by works. Yet here Jesus very clearly says that works impact our eternity. He says he's going to separate us, the sheep and the goats. And he's going to look at the goats and say... You had a chance to do something, and you didn't do it. Depart from me. I never knew you. And he's going to look at the sheep and say, listen, you fed me, and you clothed me, and you helped me, and you, you took care of me, and you did, that, you did that by doing it to the least of these, enter into my kingdom. That kind of messes with our theology, that we're a people who believed that we are saved by grace. We have to come to understand that works... Listen, listen. Works are a sign of a changed heart. Works don't change my heart. The grace of God changes my heart. And works are evidence of that change. In the law, the flesh must be circumcised. In grace, the heart must be circumcised. And when the heart is circumcised by the power of God, the world is going to see a difference. We're going to change the way we work, and there's going to be evidence of that transformation in our work. Jesus is the light of the world, and when he comes into our heart, that light begins to shine in us. It explodes in us, transforming us, changing us, rearranging us, redoing us, remaking us into, the, into his very image. And with that transformation, we will naturally react differently than we did before. So how does your heart react to the hurting of this world? How does your heart react to the needy of this world? The light of Jesus ignites a light in us that demands response. Love always demands a response. 
And when the love of God gets in us, it demands response. God's love from heaven, Jesus' love from heaven, demanded that he come to this earth and pay the price for our greatest need and give himself, sacrifice himself for our greatest need. He couldn't just sit by and be a God of love, but as a God of love, he came for us to rescue us. And when that God of love is allowed into our hearts, that love will permeate our very being and transform the way we talk and the way we act, the way we respond, the way we feel. I want you to think about this with me for a minute. Today, 1.7 billion people on this earth are desperately poor. I'm I'm not talking about living in government housing. I'm talking 1.7 billion people have nowhere to live at all. If they get a meal, it's one meal a day. They have no health care. They have nothing. One billion people are hungry in this world. Not once a week. They're hungry all the time. They don't have access to food. They're hungry. Millions of people are trafficked in slavery today. And our government basically ignores it. Our media basically says nothing about it. And we are basically stirred to give no response. Pandemic diseases are devastating nations. Each year, two million children are exploited in the global commercial sex market. Every five minutes, 90 children will die from preventable diseases. Every five minutes. More than half of all Africans do not have access to modern health care. Ten million people die each year from diarrhea, acute respiratory illness, malaria, and measles. Many of those deaths are prevented by one single shot. We are the wealthiest Christians ever. Ever in the history of the world. We're the brightest and most educated Christians ever to walk the planet. We have more freedom to respond than any other group of Christians that have ever walked on this earth at any period of time. And yet many refuse to lift a finger. If they give it all, it's a tip. It certainly does not represent what we would have others do for us if we were in the same circumstances. Homes, wallets, calendars, are locked by selfishness, controlled by what we want to do, what we want to have, where we want to go, what we want for ourselves. I want to challenge you today to think about this. What time of life is it for you? 
What can you add to make a difference in this world? And what does your heart explode with? I want to tell you today, there's something you can do. Where is your heart at? What are you doing? When the light of Jesus touches our hearts, it lights up our hearts, and love demands that we do something. Now, I want to be clear. You can't get a heart for the, for the needy by looking at those who have more than you. Can I tell you, there will always be people with more than you. If you're looking up at all the people who have more than you and say, I don't get to drive a car like that guy does. I don't get to, uh, you know, have a house like that guy has. I don't get to go to the places, the vacations that that guy gets. Oh, that's my goal in life. I want to get there. I want to be able to have that kind of house. You'll never, ever have a right heart. If you're going to have a right heart, you've got to look at people who have less than you. Jesus took a look on this earth at people who had less than him. And that heart of love drove him to come to this earth and to give his life. We gotta, we've got to listen to what our missionaries are telling us. We've got to look at what's going on in the world. And we've got to say, is my dream for this next thing really more important than what I could do for somebody else? A difference I could make. Is the way my calendar's aligned today, is it really aligned in a way that it's, it's all about me and what's good for me, or should I free up some of my calendar time to be a blessing to somebody else? And since, oh, there's other people that can do that. You know what? It's 1.7 billion people. We all need to be doing something. We have to get our eyes off of things that grow old and decay and get our eyes on things that live for eternity. That's where our eyes need to be focused. TV shows that show, show the poor and the helpless aren't very, aren't very popular. No, we want to see the rich and the successful. If they dress just right and fit in the modern day, boy, you know, their, their television shows light up and people talk about them all over the place. Here are a couple of hypothetical questions for you. Had you been a German Christian during World War II, how would you have stood against Hitler? If you'd been raised in the South during the height of the civil rights conflict, would you have stood against racism? Now we can wonder we can sit and say, oh, if I'd have been there, I'd have marched at Selma. If I'd have been there, I'd have been demanding that our pastors preach on this issue. If I'd have been there, my home would have been different than other homes. I would have stood against it. But we have real life issues today. We have things today that impact us. So ask, this, ask yourself this question. Years from now, when our grandchildren, the Lord tarries, discover we lived in a day when 1.7 billion people were so poor and a billion people were so hungry they couldn't get food every day, how will they judge our response? What will they look at us and say, where was grandma and grandpa 
in that terrible hour when millions are aborted for convenience how will our grandchildren judge our response will they see us as ostriches that shoved our head in the sand got upset about the wrong things and therefore didn't do anything about important things how will they judge us and most importantly friend how will God judge us how will God judge us? How about the loss of the world around us? How will we judge ourselves when we stand before God in that great judgment day? And we see lost people that we worked with and we went to school with and were our friends. How will we judge ourselves? And, and how will God judge us in that moment? I don't want to stand there thinking, I should have done more. Our response to the world are supposed to light up the world. And in so many ways, so many people in this church do that every week. In so many ways, we, you help light up the world every week. But I, want to, I just want to keep challenging you and calling you as pastor. Let's not let the wattage grow dim. Let's not even let it stay the same. Let's up the wattage. Let's get brighter. Let's get more focused. Let's not let the world seduce us into wrong thinking. Let's look clearly into the Word and what Jesus says to us and let us get our lives, our conversations, our dreams, our visions, what's important to us, let us get it on the right thing. Well, what, you say, what can I do? Well, we did one thing today. You can give to a well project that gets water to people. You can do that. You may not be, you know, $3,500 puts a well in in this one particular village. You may not be in a place where you can give all that, but you can put a dollar in. You can give up a soda this week. You can go for the free coffee instead of the paid coffee. You can do something to make a difference. We can make a difference in this world if we just bind together and do what we can do, what is available for us to do. <laughs> we can feed the hungry. We can do our best to give to missionary projects that feed kids that are hungry all around the world and puts them in school, and we feed, we feed thousands of kids every week through our, through our missions programs. You can pick up one of these sacks when you go out today and one of these things. Maybe, maybe you can't buy everything on the list, but you can, maybe you can get a couple of things. Maybe you can fill up the list a couple of times. We can do something to up the wattage. There's always something, whatever level of life you're at, whatever time of life you're in, there's always something you can do. Maybe you're a teenager and you say, you know what, I, I really don't have a job, I'm just kind of, what can I do? You can go to, 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 Tom, or, to, to Tom and to Brian and the guys and say, hey, next Sunday I'll come early and I'll carry groceries in. You can do something. Everybody has something they can do. There's a place for all of us if we'll do what we can do. I don't want to sell short what I can do. I want to do what I can do, and I want to call you to do what you can do. We can be a witness to people. You can come out and you can talk to Stan and to Stacy. They, they do feeding programs at Kumler and at the Presbyterian uh, Church. We do, they do them one, one once a month, and I think one every week, don't we, Stan? People can come out and volunteer. You can say, oh, I can't go every week. Well, can you go once a month? Can you go once every six months? There's a place where you can serve. You can do something. 
There's a place to go and get involved. You can go out and volunteer time at, at Hope. You can get involved in a children's ministry or a youth ministry and begin to pour into some kids' lives that needs help. You can come over to the school and volunteer to, to, to work with students and to tutor students. There's always something that you can do. If we unlock our calendars, if we unlock our wallets, if we unlock our homes and say, God, you gave me this for your glory, what do you want me to do with it? Instead of it just being about me, God, what do you want me to do? You can go go into your house and go through stuff you haven't touched in years and say, you know what, I haven't used this in a long time, I'm probably never going to use it again. I'm going to take this out to Hope. One of the ladies was coming in today, and she had a beautiful thing. I said, that's beautiful. She said, I got this at Hope. What she do? She went out and bought something at Hope that's now going to help some kid someplace. And she's got a beautiful jacket. You can do something. You can go do something. You can get involved someplace. But you have to unlock your wallet. You've got to unlock your home. You've got to unlock your calendar. And instead of it being built on your calendars and your wallets and our homes being built on self, they've got to be built on the living love of Christ exuding out of our hearts and out of our spirits. We can reach out to people around us and we can build ministries in this church, children's ministries and youth ministries. See two groups that change people's eternities. We don't have to do it all. But listen, if you'll listen to the words of Jesus today, you've got to do something. He said, you saw me when I was hungry. You saw me when I was in jail. You saw me when I didn't have a home, a place to live. You saw me in these conditions, and you did nothing. Depart from me. And he looks at the sheep, and he says, you saw me in all these things and you did something. And they go, when? What? We just thought we were doing the right thing. We just thought we were helping people. When did we see you? And he says, when you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. You did it unto me. Those are hearts exploding with the love of Christ. Now listen, I want, to, I want you to hear this today. This isn't a sermon about giving It's a sermon about your heart. If all you get out of this is, oh, I need to give a little more, I need to spend a little bit more time, you're just going through an action. This is not a sermon saying, give more, do more, open your homework. That's not what this sermon's about. This sermon is about you judging your heart and asking yourself, is my heart open to what God has for me? Because if all you do is just up the ante a little bit and, 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 and kind of pat yourself on the back and say, okay, I, I, you know, I, I dropped another couple dollars in the black box when I went out for the well project. Or, okay, I'll pick up a, a sack here and you do that for one week. Or, okay, you know, I'll, I'll invest in, in, in hope a little bit. If that's all you get, all you've done is just tried to put on another religious action. What Jesus is looking at here wasn't simply their actions. He was looking at who they were. One group were sheep and one group were goats. One group had hearts transformed and circumcised by the power of God and one group didn't. See, I can never measure how much is enough for you. You can never measure whether I'm I'm meeting the full extent of my responsibilities or not. 
Only Jesus can do that, and he does that by looking at my heart and seeing if I'm following the leading of his spirit or not. This is a message about is your heart rightly ignited with the love of Christ, with the power of Jesus flowing through your life. In Luke chapter 19, we see the story of a tax collector, a little guy. He's heard about Jesus, and Jesus is coming through town. And, 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 and the word about Jesus is kind of enthralling. He's healing people. He's doing all kinds of amazing things. And this little tax collector, he wants to see what's going on. And he gets there, and the crowd is so big. He's at the parade, and he can't get to the front. And so this guy, he's so desperate to get a glimpse of this amazing guy he's heard about that he climbs up into a tree and he's looking down out of this tree at Jesus as he walks by and Jesus looks up at this guy in the tree. That's when I ask you, are you so desperate to find Jesus you'll get up in a tree to look for him? How desperate are you to find him? And Jesus looks at this guy desperate to get a glimpse of him and says, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to your house today. We're going, to sit, we're going to sit together for a while and have a meal together. And Zacchaeus is thrilled and he, he, he comes down and he listens to Jesus. He spends time with Jesus. And the light of Jesus explodes in Zacchaeus' heart. And as the day comes to a conclusion... Zacchaeus stands up and he says these words. Here and now, I give half my possessions to the poor. Can you imagine? What kind of a heart transformation that took? That, that took? You know, God doesn't demand that of all of us, but for some reason in Zacchaeus', in Zacchaeus life, God was expecting him to have a real breakthrough, and he did. He says, today, I give half my possessions to the poor. And he goes on to say, and if I've cheated anybody, if I, if I have done anything to, to, to cheat anyone, I'm going to give them back four times the amount that I cheated them out of. Jesus changed Zacchaeus' heart. Jesus looks in that moment, and he says these words. Today, salvation has come to this home. Is he saying that because Zacchaeus gave half his possessions to the poor? No, that's not why he's saying it. Is he saying it because Zacchaeus says, listen, if I cheat anybody, I'm paying it back. Oh, you've now earned your way in, Zacchaeus. You're going to give half your possessions to the poor, and you've earned your way in. Therefore, you know, salvation's come to this house. That's not what Jesus was saying at all. Jesus was saying, no, today... I see it's evident this guy's heart's been changed. His heart's been transformed. This isn't the same guy that climbed up in the tree. This is a different guy now. And it happened because his hearts were changed. These things aren't by law. These are at the spiritual, molecular level of life. When his, life, when his light explodes within you, and all of a sudden you sit and say, there are things I need to be doing. My light needs to shine. Listen, don't do anything out of obligation today. 
Say, oh, pastor really got off to us. We better, I, got, I better pick up one of those sacks. No, don't pick up a sack because I got after you. That's not what I'm asking. Don't, 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 don't win somebody because, boy, I, I, you know, I got this spiritual duty I got to do. You know, would you go to church with me sometime in the next 20 years? No. Don't do anything out of obligation. I don't give to my children at Christmas time out of obligation. We don't give to them because we're required to at their birthday. When they want fed, I don't feed them because the law says I have to. I do it because I love them. I love it when when we get the right present, don't you? When you get the right thing and they just light up and you've blessed them. Isn't that a great moment? No, see, Jesus wants us not to give out of obligation. He wants us to give out of love. And so here's my challenge to you. Here's what I'm really challenging. Do I want you to do all these things? Yeah, out of love. Because your heart hears it. It's less like when I hear this song. When I hear a song like we hear today, it's just everything in me goes, yes, God, I want that. Our hearts should be attracted to the right thing. When a missionary comes in, when John came in and sat in our office and talked to us about this village and said, hey, uh, you know, we can, we can put a well in I'm just sitting there going, why not? Why shouldn't we do that? Why in the world would we say no to that? What would make us think, oh, we, we got too many other things to do, $3,500, to put in a well for 500 people. Oh, no, no, we got other things to do. Why would we say no to that? That's where our heart, that's what I'm at. Does your heart get to that point when you hear something that it goes, I, we got to do something about that. I, I mean, I can't feed all one billion people on this earth, but I can feed a few. I can do something. I may not be able to be a, to fill a stadium and witness to 50,000 people, but I can witness to my neighbor. I can talk to him. I can say something. Will I do what I can do? That's where the heart beats at. If it's out of obligation, then you'll just have a little checklist. Yeah, I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this. Yeah, my checklist is complete. But if it's out of love, you're just, you're, you're just a guy on search of an opportunity. You're just running around where God can say, look there, go. Look there, do something. That's when you've walked into the kingdom. Let's stand together today. Just take a moment, just bow your hearts and say, God, I want to examine my heart today with you. Just let the Lord speak to your heart today. Lord, in Jesus' name, as we just bow our hearts before you, we're so grateful that you give us so many wonderful things that your word says are for us to enjoy. But we also know, Lord, we are blessed to be a blessing. And so, Lord, let us measure out whether we're doing what you've called us to do. Lord, I don't want anyone here today to confuse this message with a message about a requirement to give so much or do so much. It's just about obedience to you. It's about a right heartbeat.
It's about our heart rightly connecting with the things that they should connect with. And so today, Father, if this resonates, I pray for everyone it resonates with, Father, that we'll do what we can do, whether that's hand out an invite card to somebody to church or to the play zone or to drop things off at Hope or to spend an hour there and work or, or Father, something much more. But Lord, let our hearts beat right. Don't let our hearts be spiritually diseased. Let our hearts be spiritually healthy. Let the light of your Son circumcise our heart in such a way, Lord, that we are purely, totally yours. That the world has no hold on us. That we are people on mission all of the time. Lord, the last thing I want to have happen today is for anybody to go out of here feeling beat up or what I want, Father, is to to be filled up with the light of your Son, with how much he's done for us and how he gave himself for us. That, Father, we in turn would want to be a light to the world. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. As every head stays bowed for just a moment, I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come down to the front. And friends, I, I, want to, I want you to hear me today. Let the Lord speak to your heart. Let him speak to your heart. Is it exploding with the light of Christ? Maybe he's speaking to you right now, a place where you're supposed to be involved. Maybe he's answering a question about how to open your home. Maybe he's giving you some direction about where you're supposed to spend some time today that you've been wondering, should I give up this to do that? Should I surrender this to be a part of that? Maybe he's answering a call to someone in this room about calling for your life and what your life is supposed to be focused on. Maybe he's asking you to open up your wallet and invest in something, in a ministry, in a program, in something to make a difference in many, many people's lives. But Lord, friends, hear me. Not out of obligation. It should be out of the joy of the light of the gospel in your life. Today we're going to close this service. And as we close it, if you have any need in your life at all, we believe Jesus is here and wants to meet needs, and we're going to pray for you. You can ask someone to come down with you that's with you. Maybe you're going through an illness. Maybe you're here today and you have someone sick at home that's going through an illness. You just want somebody to pray with you for them. Maybe sick in the hospital. And most importantly today, maybe you're Zacchaeus and you've climbed up in the tree just by coming to church today. And you've heard us talk about a heart that is changed by the power of God, by the work of Jesus in your life. And you're saying, I, I want to be what Jesus would have me to be. I need to get my heart in line with him. If that's you, while others are coming, you come. And just tell them, I, I want to get Jesus fully in my heart today let these folks pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, touch every one of our lives today. Guide us in you today. Touch our prayer teams as they pray with people to be anointed in their prayer, to see healing and life change happen. And don't let, Father, we just pray, don't let one person leave here feeling hopeless. Don't let one person leave here feeling in despair. 
Father, let every person leave this place filled with the hope and the joy of your spirit and let all of us leave here determined to be used of you so that we can up the wattage and shine brightly in a lost world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come now, in Jesus' name, if you have a need for prayer.